if you're just joining us for the first time, we, uh, we're doing a series on healing, specifically physical healing, supernatural physical healing. Okay, so we're in the series, we're doing it in the small groups, and uh, I'm continuing this morning about basically about how to go deeper, how to move further into this. So uh, I'm going to, um, the, the, the main point I want to share with you this morning is if we miss the heart of God, we miss everything. If we miss the heart of God, we miss everything. You know, in the church world, there are a lot of Christians that are really passionate about a whole bunch of things. You can even be passionate about miracles. You can be passionate about seeing people healed, but you can still completely miss the heart of God. You see, if someone doesn't feel loved, you missed it. You've, we failed. And uh, so I want to I share a little bit about this in terms of the, the getting the right context in what we pursue. I want to say this in every area of our lives, whether it be doctrine or seeing the kingdom of God come, whatever it might be, if people are getting hurt, we're missing it. We're missing it. And, and that's just been so on my heart the last while. Is it, you know, I felt the Lord say to me, create a church, create an environment where, where, where people can feel safe. Create an environment where, where I can send my children to feel safe and to feel loved. And that, that is our mission. You know, and sometimes people think, you know, when we talk about the supernatural, when we talk about miracles, you know, it's like it's our obsession. It's not. The heart of God is our obsession. The love of the Father is our obsession. I said it last week in, at Shofar Pretoria as well that, you know, in terms of Sonic and me, if I have to choose between the ministry and my, my, my family, I choose my family. I will resign tomorrow. There, there are some things that are more important, you know, but if I can be honest, when I go around and I look at church leaders and I, not everybody, not necessarily a large percentage, but some, they miss the point. They miss the focus. We get so focused on the goal that we miss the heart of the Father and we misrepresent Christ. So I want to ask you guys, and this is part of why we're going through all this, like, let's represent the love of God. You know, I was, I was um, doing a, a healing service a while ago it was, it was, uh, in Cape Town, and, and there was a lady that had eye, major eye problems. She could hardly see anything. And we prayed for her, and she wasn't healed. And she said she's been prayed for many times, but she told her pastor, but I, I've, I wasn't healed, but I've never felt as loved. I've never felt as loved as at that time. And for me, that's a win. That's the win. The miracle is in God's hands, but the, the, the love is our responsibility to esteem others higher than ourselves, to value them, to serve them with the love of Jesus. That is the mission. And I believe God is wanting to bring a reformation to the body of Christ. There's a better way. And, and, and I believe that's what God wants to do. So I want to, from my side, you're visiting, or maybe I don't know your past, you know, but I want to apologize on behalf of any church leader or any Christian that has ever offended you, where you felt used and not loved. Forgive us. Probably wasn't the heart behind it, but forgive us. It's time for the body of Christ to look like Jesus. Amen. It is time. For the body of Christ to look like Jesus. And when they see us, they must 
see Jesus. It is time for people to love the body of Christ as much as they love the head, which is Jesus. The body is supposed to draw people to Christ. And that is our heart. That is our passion. And I often see such a distortion when it comes to the miraculous and the supernatural. People are so on a mission for it that they miss the heart of God. And they reject church and they reject community. And they, you know, they're seeing miracles but their marriages are falling apart or, or whatever. You know, it's just like sacrifice everything for our goal. That needs to change. Amen. Let's get our order right. First, the love of Jesus. First, love God. First, love people. And then everything else will fall into place. So I want to see that. And I believe we can do that. Amen. Okay, so I want to take us to the scripture in Ezekiel. So we're talking about the hem of his garment. We're talking about healing, physical healing, supernatural healing. We're talking about the apostolic flow concerning the fivefold ministry. So these seven, eight weeks, we're focusing on just one component. This is not what we preach about every week. But it says here, this is a spiritual experience that Ezekiel had. And uh, he says, it says there, so he, he, it's like a vision he experienced, but like he, he saw into the spirit realm. There was an angel that came to him and he, he saw this river flowing from the throne of God. And then he saw rivers flowing from the throne of God. And then, and then this fascinating scripture, which speaks about a spiritual reality. It says, and when the man went out to the east... With a line in his hand, the angel, this man, he measured 1,000 cubits. So he measured off a certain distance in this river, and he brought me through the waters. Say, he brought me through the waters. So then it says, the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000. He brought me through. The water came up to my waist to a river that became too deep that one has to swim in. So it speaks about a spiritual reality, a river of life. Wherever this river flows, it brings life and different depths within that river. Okay. So can you quickly stand with me again? I want to pray and then I'm going to share this word. Okay. Because we want to go into the presence. Two weeks ago, I shared about the presence of God. And I want to go further on that, or just start off on that point. Okay, can you open your hands? My favorite position. Surrendering to the presence of God. Father, we thank you. We welcome your presence here. Thank you, God, that everything flows from your presence. Thank you, God, that the deeper we go into the river of the Spirit, the greater the healing anointing on our lives. And so, Father, right now we pray that every one of us would go deeper, not just ankle deep, but all the way to swim in the river of the Spirit. Father, we pray that you'd remove every fear from our hearts and we'll just dive in and go for it. In Jesus' name. So, Holy Spirit, come. Let's say it. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Move within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. We want to create a culture of becoming aware of God's presence. So um, just quickly to share sort of what, what, how I 
I've experienced these different depths of the spirit. I touched on it a few weeks ago. But um, in 2013 or 2014, we were in India. I experienced this for the first time. I had a long line of people that we needed to pray for. And as I was praying for them, I, would, I just said, Holy Spirit, come. And I felt my toes begin to tingle as the presence of God was touching. It was like I was toe deep in this river. And when I experienced this, then people would get healed, like eight or nine out of ten people. So it, re- it reveals the reality of there's a river in the spirit, and we need to go deeper. So that was in India. Then in Argentina, a year later, it felt like I was knee deep in the river. I could feel, I feel like I'm standing in a river. And incredible things would begin to happen. And then 2015, second term 2015, we went through a really tough time. Sonica couldn't sleep, and it was like six, seven, eight, nine weeks of chaos, and I was desperate. I was like praying, worshiping day and night. Say, God, breakthrough, come on, we need breakthrough. And then I posted on our, on our national pastor's WhatsApp group. I said, guys, we need help. We're not, we're not making it. You know, please pray for us. We need prayer backing. We need prayer support. I'm going to pray for my wife. Please pray for us. We need to, she needs to sleep tonight. About 10 minutes later, after posting this WhatsApp, I felt the presence of God flood into my office. To such an extent that I felt my ears tingling. I was like, I'm going deep in the river. I like shouted down the passage, Sonica, you must come. We must pray now. I feel, I sense the presence of God in this place. And we prayed for about an hour, and that night she had a breakthrough, and she slept. Hallelujah. But the, the, the point being is there, there are different measures, different levels in the Spirit. And we're often not even aware of it. It's not just like you're outside of the Spirit or in the Spirit. You are outside, or you ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or, full, or, or, or swimming. And the greater measure of the Spirit will determine the, the measure of anointing on our lives, the measure of power on our lives. You know, so often we like, we pray for someone, nothing happened. So we think it isn't God's will. No, it is His will. It's just get into the river. Just reposition yourself. So this is a lifelong journey. So the question is, how do you go deeper? How do you go deeper into the river of the Spirit? Simple. Every crisis you face, every trial and tribulation you face is your opportunity to go deeper into the spirit. It's your opportunity to either get bitter or better. That's it. You see, we need to get uncomfortable. We need to get out of our comfort zone so that we will be forced to go deeper into the Lord. Otherwise, we'll go back to comfort zone. Comfort zone is outside of the river of the spirit. So my mission in life is to... Lord, I want, to, I want more of you. I want, I want to go deeper into the Spirit. So it's no longer me. It's just your rivers of life flowing through me. So how do you handle challenges, offenses, bad moments? What do you do? To who do you turn? Do you become bitter? Do you feel sorry for yourself? Or do you turn to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to allow this to push me deeper into you? This is the blessing of tribulations. This is the blessing. So, so next time something bad comes your way, Say, thank you, Jesus. Happy birthday to me. Amen. Let's say it. Happy birthday to me. This is my blessing today. Graham Cook shares this so, so powerfully. He, he, went, he, he shares about this happy birthday 
concept, and he, and he shares that when he was growing up, every birthday, every birthday as a child growing up, his dad was a really broken man, so his dad would come, buy him a gift, bring the gift to him, put it in front of him, and then his dad would take a hammer and smash it to pieces. Every birthday, every birthday, his dad just destroyed him. And then he turned to Jesus on his actual human birthday, like his actual birthday, he came to Christ and he realized, happy birthday. He realized that every challenge in his life, it doesn't make him a victim, doesn't, doesn't bind him necessarily to his past. He just realized that every challenge he's going through is an opportunity to move deeper into God. You can do it. You and I can do it. We can break out of our, our past. We can break out of the stuff that is holding us back and move deeper. The worst things that's happened in your life is probably your greatest opportunity to experience more of God. If you handle it right, say amen. (laughs) Amen. So spirit realities are superior realities. That's why it's called the supernatural. So when when, when things are happening in the spirit realm, although we can't see it, we might sense it or feel it, it shifts natural realities. So I want to share with you about healing to the whole man. The whole person. So look at this, Matthew 8, verse 1 to 3. More than just physical healing, healing to the soul, healing to the spirit, and how the three are connected to one another. So it says here, when he had come down from the mountain, this is Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. This is such a profound story. Multitudes of people were following Jesus. But he wasn't focused on the multitudes. He was focused on the individual. He valued the individual. The leper was the lowest of the lowest. He was unclean. The Bible says in the Old Testament that the leper had to shout. Wherever he would go, he, he had to shout, unclean, unclean. The Bible said that the leper must live alone and outside of the camp. So they were completely rejected and hated, despised. They were the very image of, of, of sickness internally and out there. They represented sin. So a leper would be, literally the flesh would rot. I mean, imagine I'll just forgetting you no know, electricity at home and your, and, your, and your freezer would just uh, go for a day or two or three Without electricity, ah, that stench, have you ever experienced the stench of rotting meat? But that's basically how they would smell. So the leper was rejected and hated. And now this leper comes and worships Jesus and says, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Amazing, Jesus came to reveal the will of the Father. What is his response? He said, I am willing. That is the heart of God. I am willing. I want to set you free. I want to remove darkness from your soul. I want to restore your joy. I want to heal you physically. This is the will of God. Because he is love. So the the, the leper wasn't confused about the ability of God. Yes, or in terms of Jesus. Jesus, you can. But he wasn't sure if he's willing. Our God is able and he is willing. But he's even more than that. He is passionate about releasing life to people. And healing and restoring them. So know that. Know that with all your heart. 
But now look at that. Then he says, and he stretched forth his hand and he touched him. Jesus, why would you do that? Think about this. There are so many times, for instance, with a centurion servant. The centurion said to Jesus, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus spoke the word and he was healed. Jesus could just speak the word. He could just say, man, be healed from far away. Be healed. But he didn't. He came, he, he touched the leper. Why? Because that man had shame. That man had experienced so much rejection and hatred. And Jesus wanted to heal his heart, his identity, his whole being. So he touched him, saying, I value you as a human being. I value you. You are precious. Be healed. As a classic, uh, someone said, you know, in the Old Testament, when you touched a leper, you were unclean. But in the New Testament, when a, when, even when a leper touches you, they were clean, or they are clean, or they are healed. You know? So there's this shift. In all, I mean, Jesus should be unclean for touching the man, but he became clean. He became healed. He became healed. So this reveals the heart of God. He loves. The, the ministry of physical healing is a ministry of love. You know, how many times I have wept with people for where they're at, for what they're going through. And I'm like, I embrace it. Lord, let my heart break. So many times Jesus had, it says, the scripture says, he had compassion on them. And then he healed them. There's something about the love of God in the heart of a man or a woman. I think it opens the floodgates of heaven that the anointing of God would flow forth. The healing power of God would flow forth. Let the compassion of Jesus touch us. To see people set free. Amen. So Jesus wanted to heal the whole man. It is the will. He said, I am, I am willing. And then he released life over the leper. 3 John 2 also speaks about this different facets of a person, of, the, of, of, a, of a human being, of, the, of, the, of their person. The Bible says we are soul, spirit, and body. Obviously, body is physical. Spirit is your, who you in essence are, especially when you become a Christian. Your spirit comes alive. And your soul is your emotions, your mind, and so forth. It says here, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So he's saying, I want your soul to prosper, but just as your soul is prospering, I want you to be healthy. You can almost say there's a, there's a connection between soul health and physical health. So in other words, if you are sick in your soul, if you have depression on the inside of you, it, 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 it will flow forth to your body as well. Your body will become sick. And science and the, uh, science, the science community, they are confirming it. Uh, the American Institute of Health estimates that 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems. 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems. In other words, the toxic thinking, Stephen spoke about last week, the toxic thinking influences us physically. They have found that your thinking the, the, the signals in your brain, it, it literally goes down to your DNA level. So a lot of fear, a lot of stress, a lot of worry, they found that it goes right to DNA level and it causes your DNA to, to, to curl up. 
so that it can no longer produce the proteins as it should. Isn't that interesting? So our thinking lives influences our physical health. It's interlinked, the three parts of our beings, of our being, it's linked. So look at this, Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3. Think, think about this for a moment. Jesus went to the cross. Why? For our sin. Yes. But Jesus went to the cross, not just as a spirit. He went to the cross as a soul, as a spirit, and as a physical body. The cross is the perfect remedy for the whole man. Say whole man. The whole man. Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem man, spirit, soul, and body. It's not just sin that Jesus went to, for the, to the cross. He went for our sins and our sicknesses, our diseases, as Isaiah 53, I think, speaks of. So Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3, look at this. Old Testament, it says, forget not all his benefits. The first part speaks of, bless the Lord, O my soul. And it says, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all, say all, your iniquities. Who heals some, all. Yes, I'm also reading all. It says all. Who heals all your diseases. Old Testament. It says, he forgives all our iniquities and he heals all. All our diseases, and that's Old Testament covenant. New Testament covenant, which is far superior to the Old Testament, is more than just sin. It is physical as well. It is our whole being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. What is the point of having cancer in your body and you healed of that, but your soul is still cancerous? The sin on the inside, the depression, the darkness is still so overwhelming. Jesus came to heal the whole man, the whole being. And it says they forget not. In other words, remember. Remember who Jesus is, who God is, and remember what he has done already. So when I pray for people that are sick, I often ask them, okay, what's wrong? And they tell me, then I, I, I try to look back in the archives, did do I know of, have I ever prayed for someone with this thing? I'm like, yes, I know of, I mean, when we're praying for, for Deline a few weeks ago um, with a trigeminal neuralgia, and she, she shared with me that she has this, this disease, I, I said, oh, good news, and I prayed for a lady in Durban, and she had this, I prayed for her, and she was healed. So I have faith for this, forget not. In other words, remember. Remember, remember, get stories of what God has done, even if it's just from the scriptures. Well, Jesus did this. Come on, he can do it again. He can do it again. So you need to remember, you need to fill your mind with testimonies and stories of who God is. I mean, that's why I started to write everything down. There was such a battle for faith. I was just like meditating on, Lord, you healed that one like this, and you healed that one like this, and you healed that one like that. Jesus, you heal. So I want to encourage you to, to do that, to strengthen your faith. Whenever you're praying for someone, remember what the Lord has done and release that again over them. So it says, as I said there, it's a soul and spirit. So my question to you is, do you believe that God forgives sin? Do you believe that Jesus forgives sin? So if I bring to you, say, a prostitute... Someone that has 
done like sin more than any one of us can ever imagine. What, what, what will your response be when you share Jesus with that person? Will you say, well, I don't know, your sin is really bad. I don't know. Eh? Would we be confused? Would we wonder if Jesus would forgive this person for all they've done? No. I mean, I would be so confident. Yes, Jesus loves you so much. When he died on that cross, he took all of your stuff. He died in your place on that cross. He loves you so much. There is nothing that you can do that would cause Jesus to reject you. Just turn to him with all your heart. I mean, we're confident in that, aren't we? We know that. We have strengthened that part of the theology in the Christian church all across the earth. We know Jesus forgives sin. But he says, the scripture says, but he, he heals diseases as well. All. Imagine you and I can be that confident. Even as confident we are in terms of Jesus forgives sin. We could be as confident. Jesus heals. He sets free from darkness on the soul. And he heals physically. Imagine we would be as confident in the same way. And that's where we need to move to. We need to strengthen our faith that we no longer doubt it. No longer wonder about it. That we know who Jesus is. Our God is the, is the one who, who, who touches the whole person. Soul, spirit, and body. Amen. Let's say it. The whole man. So I want to just touch on some obstacles to healing. We're equipping you guys to pray for people and to, to do the healing ministry. We need to get to the root. Look at this, James 5, 16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Isn't that interesting? We, all, we all always focus on the second part. Pray for one another that you may be healed. No. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So it means that there's an obstacle to receiving healing. We've seen this so many times. We'd be be traveling somewhere especially and we'd be praying for people and then the pain would be gone 50% and then no change. And then I'm asking, Lord, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what is wrong here. Why aren't we experiencing 100% healing? Because we have 50%. There's a healing anointing present. Why not 100%? Many times the Holy Spirit will whisper in my ear and say, she's offended with her husband. And then I would ask the lady, um, are you offended with your husband? And she says, yes, I am. Bitterly upset with him. Sorry, ladies, we tend to do that to you. <clears throat> Make you bitterly upset. <laughs> but as she, she confessed that I, I would lead these people in a, in a prayer of forgiveness, Father, I forgive my husband for what he has done, and then, boom, healed. All the pain would disappear, and she would be completely healed. The unforgiveness is a block to the healing anointing. Doesn't make sense. Confess your sin. It's one thing to say, God, I want you to heal my physical body, so please pray for me. I want to be healed. But there's cancer in your soul. There's unconfessed sin. There's things that you are involved with that is, that is, that is like a cancer on the inside. 
You first need to say, Lord, forgive me my sin. Forgive me the stuff that I'm involved with. Forgive me my rebellion. Forgive me for, for living life my own way. I want to be healed in my soul, spirit, and body. And then often then the body gets healed as well. Okay, the three are connected. I, I heard a story of a lady. She had major back problems. The reason was she tried to move some furniture. And she asked her husband, honey, please come and help. He ignored her. He didn't help. She moved the furniture and then she damaged her back so badly. And she blamed him for it. So they prayed for her and then she said, yeah, no, we are so upset with him. Brought him to the light and she was healed. Major back problems after. After prayer, she was healed. So confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So when you're praying for someone... And you're asking Jesus to heal them. Just listen to the Holy Spirit, what he might be whispering in your heart, saying there's something undealt thing here. Um, I shared it a while ago, but I was praying for a lady, and, and she, or she asked me to pray for her. She's, she's like a leader in, in the Cape Town area uh, in the church, and uh, she pray, asked me to pray for her. And she said every time we start worshiping, she feels like a darkness on her soul. She feels like so, a coldness comes upon her. And I said, that doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then as I prayed for her, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart, she was raped. She didn't say anything. I didn't like confess or say it. I just, I, the Lord just gave me a word for her, saying that whatever people did to you does not define you. I define you. I define you. That's the word the Lord gave me for her. And she broke down weeping and weeping and weeping, prayed for her. She was set free. And then later she told me, it's true, I was raped by a family member so many years ago. So, so the, I received the word, the Holy Spirit revealed to me what was wrong, but I didn't necessarily focus on that. I was listening to what is God saying? What is the truth? Because she's not a victim of the rape. She's, she, she, she's a child of the king. And if we release truth over her, she will be set free. Those chains will be broken. So I released that over her and she was set free. So I want to say to you, you are not a victim of what people have done to you. God defines you. The Father defines you. The love of God defines you. Amen. Let's say it. The, the Father's love defines me. Amen. You need to realize that many of us become victims of our past and we can't get over it. Bitterness of the soul. So confess. In Matthew 10 verse 1, it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. So Jesus told his disciples, Guys, I've given you authority to heal the man, the person on all levels. Preach the gospel of the kingdom for salvation. I want to heal them in their spirit. Remove evil spirits and heal them in their physical bodies, sicknesses and disease. So when we were in Brazil, there was a, a young girl, six years old, I think. She had an accident at the age of three. And she was tormented with fear since the accident happened. You see, often sickness and disease is connected to trauma. So when you, when you pray for someone, you must ask them, So, okay, you, for how long have you had this disease? For how long have you, did, did anything bad happen in that time period just before you started to experience your depression? Or, you know, often depression is connected to fear and anxiety. Fear, anxiety for a significant amount of time leads to depression in the, in the spirit, soul, 
and in the body in the end. So anyway, so, so um, I think Sandra, some of the ladies were praying for this girl. She had cysts here on her, in her abdomen, and, uh, and I was praying for someone else, and they were praying for her. And as I was coming closer, the Holy Spirit showed me there's a spirit of fear operating in this child's life. And she was, you know, you could see she was not a happy child. And when I said fear, the mom started to weep. And we found out about the three years previously, this accident, this trauma that, that entered this child's life. And she's been tormented ever since. But as I came close, I could feel there's a spiritual battle happening right now. And we rebuked the spirit of fear. We said, fear be gone in Jesus' name. And it's like the complexion of this child changed. And we told her, okay, check again. So she checked again the cysts and they were all gone. As Jesus healed. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. That's a good story. That's something to celebrate. And I know in our Western mindset, we want to ignore the spirit realm. We want to ignore spiritual dynamics. But you can't. It is often certain sicknesses, certain diseases, certain conditions are either linked to the spirit realm or to the soul realm. A lot of fear or spiritual oppression that can be influencing someone. So if you pray for someone like we've had in India, for instance, you pray for someone, they've got left knee pain. And you pray for them and suddenly it's no longer the left knee, it's now the right knee. Hmm. What could that be? Does that normally happen? Pain just jumps from the one knee to the other knee? No. It reveals it's a spiritual thing. There's a spiritual root to this Pain. And then I normally say, hit yo, cutfus. Hit yo. We caught you out. Because there's a spiritual root, and now in the name of Jesus, we can command that thing to go. And then the pain leaves, and they're set free. And it's biblical. It is biblical. Okay, so there's a connection between the spirit, soul, and body. I want to say to you, many of the challenges you and I are facing have spiritual roots. But we sometimes we're ignorant. We're not aware. So we're trying to fight it in the natural. And as the Lord has told me previously, don't fight a, a, a spiritual problem in the natural. You need to fight a spiritual problem in the spirit. Some of us are battling with insomnia. It's a spiritual problem. There's fear, anxiety, or possibly depression that is influencing. Not always, but for some of us. So you need to fight that on that level. Be aware. Okay. So this is good news. Say it's good news. It's good news. So you can be set free. You're not a victim. So classic uh, story. John G. Lake and his wife Jenny, they were a team. So they would work together to see people healed. So in uh, the specific city, Spokane, or Spokane Washington, uh, about 100,000 documented healings in five years at their healing rooms. Now, listen to this. This is how they operated. They said people would come in and they would pray for those who were instantly healed and dismissed. So a whole bunch of people, they came, they prayed, they healed, they left. Those who continued to suffer or only experienced partial healing were sent to another room. Jenny, his wife, she would then by the Spirit personally reveal to each one of them the hindrances of their healing. So by the Holy Spirit, she would say, well, I'm seeing this in your life, I'm seeing this in your life, I'm seeing this in your life. Upon hearing the inner secrets of their hearts, many would confess and ask God for forgiveness. Then John and Jenny would pray again, 
And God would heal those who repented. Those who refused to repent, even after acknowledging the truth of what Mrs. Lake had told them, went home suffering in their affliction. Isn't that interesting? But it reveals the power of the prophetic gift, of being able to see into the Spirit, of being able to hear the voice of God. If so many times we pray for people, it's like the Holy Spirit just whispers, this is the issue, this is the root. You need to get to the root. You need to get to the root. And that's why you need to have an intimate relationship with the Lord so you can listen to Him. Okay, God, what are you saying? What are you revealing? Holy Spirit, come. That's why we need a prophetic flow in the body of Christ because the prophetic flow gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. So that we are, that's one of the areas we are pursuing. So I want to encourage you, when you're praying for someone and you feel something, it could just be a sense. Ask. Don't accuse. Don't say, I see this. You know? Say, hey, I'm just like, does this make sense to you? Is there maybe, are you angry with your husband? Um, did something bad happen in your life when you were younger? You know, just ask those questions. And if it's not so, then fine. Then you move on. But give them, give, just, just shine the light of the Lord on that scenario. Okay, then. So healing to the whole person. I want to end off with this. Psalm 103 verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's read that together. Let's say it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So the next part is, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. But I want to just focus on this as a principle in terms of healing in general. We need to praise God no matter what. We need to praise God no matter what. He does not change. He's reigning and ruling from heaven above. But for some of us, this has become our mountain. If the Lord doesn't heal me, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't praise him. If I, if, if, if I have disease in my own body, I can't pray for others. Not true. God is God. He loves to have us pray for others even when we have stuff in our own lives. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So I, I want to put, put this as a slogan for every one of us. To, 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 to have this, to, in a sense, a declaration on the inside of us to say, I'm going to worship God no matter what. I'm going to praise God even if he does not heal me now. And I'm going to praise him even if I'm praying for someone and they're not healed now. God, because you're worthy. You are worthy of all praise. Let everything within my being praise God. Lord, you are worthy. I shared it two weeks ago. Our expectation is, Jesus, you are the healer. You are the Lord who heals. You are the Lord who saves. You are the Lord who delivers. You are the God for whom all things are possible. You are the God who who lives within me, and you are greater than any challenge I might face in life. God, you are worthy. You are awesome. In that atmosphere, faith can live. But for some of us, we allow our disappointments to reign and to rule in our lives. Someone shared with me last week when Stephen was doing ministry at the end of the service, there were a couple here who had given up hope in terms of finding healing in their bodies. And while there, were, there was prayer here at the end, they could feel darkness lifting off their souls. 
darkness that has been tormenting them. They had no faith. They had no hope. They had no courage. This disease is like the, the thing that pulled them down continuously. And then last week it lifted. So I want to release life and hope over every one of, every one of us here right now. To believe again, to hope again, to keep on trusting, to never stop, to never stop. You know, we've, I mean, we've been trusting the Lord for six and a half years now for another child. I'm sitting in our baby room. Our baby room is like, Jesus, this is our baby room. This is the baby room. We put the name of our child on the walls as well. And that's her name in Jesus' name. <laughs> Lord, this is the baby room. You've given us the promises. I will keep on believing and I will keep on believing and I will keep on believing. I will keep on believing until we're just too old. And then I will keep on praising you in Jesus' name. But I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. Amen. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. I will not accept it. I will position myself in a place of faith. And I want to encourage every one of us, get up. Out of your place of despair. Get up out of your place of hopelessness. Get up out of your, your, your doubts and your fears and say, Jesus, I know who you are. You are glorious. And if it's for one life to be changed, I'm going to believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's say it. I'm getting up. I believe with all my heart. In Jesus' name. So you need to contend for your faith. There are too many unbelieving believers, and I confess myself included sometimes, but I'm not, I'm not accepting it. I'm not going to stay there. So let's get up. Let's start proclaiming the word of the Lord and say, it is for me. Let's say it. It's for me. Let's say the healing is for me. Let's say the healing anointing is for me. Let's declare Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Amen. Amen. He does not change. So I'm speaking to your spirit man to arise, to get up. Some of us are battling with it, things on the inside. So we want to pray for you this morning that the Lord would come and restore you and heal you. This one is the last thing I want to share is on my heart. My mission beyond loving people, is to demonstrate the kingdom of God. You know, that's why I would call people for and say, now I'm going to just pray for you right now. I am expecting a time where the healing anointing is going to flow in this place that will not be like, I have to now really believe someone was healed. It's like, we know. I mean, we know. It's undeniable, you know. So when we were in Brazil the first night with this conference, you know, I, I felt like I was crazy thinking about it afterwards, but I, I just felt, I want to I I preach it, then I want to demonstrate it. I want to show you guys. So there's like 500 leaders and preach about Jesus heals. And I said, okay, I'm going to call five people forward onto the stage and the team and us, we're going to pray for them and we're going to demonstrate to you that Jesus heals, which is a little bit crazy, but it's good. So, I ask people, raise your hands, sick people, and the Lord highlights to me four or five people. Another person just storms onto stage, so we couldn't help. So, it was six. 
And the presence of God so powerfully fell in the place. It was just like, for me personally, it just felt like, you know, God was touching people across the room. Just amazing. And, and then we, the team started to pray. Within, I think, was it one minute, two minutes? It was like, and within two minutes, the power of God hit the people. Like, they all went to the floor, except maybe one or two of them. Five of the six were healed. Like, within two minutes, a sixth person within 10, 15 minutes were healed. All six. Hallelujah. Jesus heals. There are levels of glory that God has called us to, that he wants to unlock in this country, in East London. And it's dependent on all of us to say, I'm not accepting the status quo. I'm not accepting a gospel that is powerful sometimes. I want a gospel that is powerful all the time. You know, so the one guy who, the power of God that came upon him, he went down like screaming. And I, I saw him afterwards sitting. He was doing funny movements with his legs and taking photos. I said, what are you doing? He said, I couldn't do this in 20 years. I'm taking photos for my wife. Man, that is so precious. That is, how, that is, that is our God. And that is our God who wants to do the same here in our midst in your workplace, in our communities, everywhere. So this is my challenge to you. To start walking a journey of praying for people no matter what the results are. Pray for them, love them, and keep on pressing in for more of God until you see something happen. Amen. That's what God wants. Let's believe, let's contend for faith. Amen. Okay, please stand with me. I want to pray for us. And I especially want to pray for people that, uh, that need restoration on the inside. Maybe there's a measure of bitterness, maybe a measure of hopelessness. Then we want to pray for you this morning, that the Lord would heal your whole being. If there's unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, or just a lot of stress in your life, then we want to pray for you. We want to see the Lord heal you on the inside.